Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. So, estamos un día más en el show de los 30-30 con un gran invitado y amigo mío que se llama uh, Corey Dickman. Uh, espero que tengan la oportunidad de escucharnos el día de hoy. La gente que no habla al 100% inglés, bueno, pues esto lo vamos a tratar de traducir al español muy pronto. Uh, un poquito. Bueno, sí, habla sí. un poco. Poco. Las, yo creo que va a, va a empezar a hablar las, las palabras malas al principio, pero no sé si cantas se sepa de, en español. What I'm saying is Yeah, that what did you say? I didn't even I, know that part. I say that you normally, when you speak another, another language, you start learning the bad language, the that's, bad words. That's true. So that's true. I say he probably knows all the bad words. But. Mm -hmm. So how are you today, yeah. Corey? I'm good. I'm good, Javier. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Since we were talking for several months yeah. to get this done. And yes. Awesome. Yes. I'm, yeah. it's, it's great to have you here. Heck yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Mike. I mean, Corey, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I keep, I'll keep uh, thinking about Mike. I can, he, he was out there saying, oh, sure. yeah, I, I want to participate as well. That's okay. I can be Mike. I can. Uh, that, that may not be as good, though. But no, uh, yeah, uh, the quick version, you know, grew up on the West Coast. So I, I was actually born in California, uh, outside of San Francisco, lived there for about a year of my life. And then my parents moved back up to Oregon, which is where they were from in the, the, the Northwest, Washington and Oregon area. So uh, that's where I grew up, uh, in a suburb of Portland and uh, a couple cities around there. And then after high school, I uh, moved to uh, Waco to go to Baylor. So that's what brought me to Texas. Uh, I had never set foot in the state of Texas wow. pr prior to uh, my senior year in college and that, or my senior year in high school. And that's when we came to Dallas and then we drove down to Waco to check out the campus and I just loved it. You know, we had my dad was the first really the first in our family to go to college. And so uh, I didn't have like aunts and uncles or cousins that could, that I, you know, got to go visit them on their campuses or hear about college. So when we did the tours of all this camp at the schools, that was like eye opening, you know, to get on a college campus. So uh, we had looked at a lot of schools. And so when we went down to Baylor, it, it was just, I thought it was just going to be another, you know, Hey, let's check out another school. Right. And uh, I was, I was why I wanted to go to school in California. And then we looked at Baylor and, It, yeah, it. man, Turn, turned my turned my eyes there. I had a good friend of mine that I went to high school with, and I grew up with him. Um, he was going to Baylor too, so I felt like, okay, I have a friend. You know, we're going to be two thousand miles away from home, but uh, <laughs> let's do it. And uh, yeah, hated it my first year and a half, but uh, you know, it kind of grows on you, and you get used to the humidity and all that stuff. And Now, you know, right? Yeah, because this been is like here for a while now. So. A big transition for you. I yeah. mean, the, I mean, the weather. Yeah, weather's. You know, Oregon's. 
it's pretty moderate. It, it doesn't really get too hot, too cold. It's always rainy and muggy. Um, in the summers, it's beautiful because it's sunny and you know eighty degrees. Oh man! But uh, yeah, so Texas Texas heat and wet <laughs> weather was interesting. And the cold. I mean, people don't like to talk about that. It gets freaking cold here. Oh you yeah, know, a lot colder than it ever was where I grew up. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been good. I, I love love being in Waco. Uh, you know, started businesses here and obviously going to school here at Baylor um you know yeah it's, it's a good town so I'm sure to, uh, as you mentioned it was a big transition for you you know since weather you know summertime uh here in Texas you I mean you keep me out there pretty quick uh, yes but so you went to Baylor you fell in love with the, the school and the, the live over here in Waco mm -hmm. when you start going to Baylor and now and nowadays how do you see how do you what do you think about the transition that everything that is happening here in Waco. Yeah, uh, wild uh, to me. Uh, you know, my uh, freshman year was 2006. So uh, 2006 to 2010 was, was my undergrad, and then I stayed for grad school and finished in 2013. So even in 2013, there wasn't – it pretty much was the same as if, like, we were here back in 06. So to see the transformation, you know, I, I my, my – um, one of my grad assistantships in graduate school was with the athletic department for Baylor. And I remember walking down the hallway uh, and all these football, they were doing recruitment. They had right. some football players and their families or like their parent or whatever. And they were in this conference room and I walked by and peeked my head in, you know, cause I was always <laughs> curious what was going on all the time. And they had this, uh, you know, like you see those big uh, renderings or like, um, like a small model where right. they'll, they'll show you a building or something. Well, they had McLean, built like in this in this modeling and it was on the table and the player that the, the whoever was doing the talk was like you're gonna play in this stadium your senior year wow and yada yada i'm like what the heck like that's not gonna happen like i remember thinking no way and then you know fast forward a few years after that yeah i mean so mclean that was honestly instead of really fixer upper in my mind having that football stadium was a pretty big deal that i thought really started to change some of the downtown and just the vibe of Waco. And then of course, Fixer Upper and Magnolia putting a lot of money and time and effort and all that stuff into downtown. It's crazy, Javier. It, it, it I mean, is. it's, it's wild to see that change. I was like, um, I was impressed how everything happened, you know, because, uh, back in the day you would go to downtown Waco and then it would, everything was like, it's like a ghost down there. Yeah, man. And you see like a nice building. I mean, pretty old buildings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, when is this going to change? Yeah. You know, like yeah. nowadays, it, like all these buildings have been renovated. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, when you kind of look at that, like, you know, even just like with, you know, the Texas Triangle or whatever, you know, anything in that zone, you know, between Dallas and, and San Antonio and Houston, and of course you got Austin in there. So like Waco just being a thoroughfare, or on the thoroughfare of 35 alone, I think would have prompted development um, just by itself. But you definitely had things that accelerated that growth that made a downtown instead of a ghost town right. feel more vibrant. But. Well, I know, I know you mentioned, uh, we're going to back up a little bit. I know you mentioned that you go to Baylor and you got a degree on a uh, Mm -hmm. uh, sport management from Baylor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you, how do you, um, you married? Yep. Married. And yeah. Lauren. How do you, and, with Lauren. Yeah. How do you all guys met? Yeah, we met. Uh, so Lauren went to Baylor as well. Uh, nice. We, we did not know each other at all. Uh, <laughs> we, you know, four years there, we, we always probably crossed paths, but we didn't know each other. We had, you know, tons of mutual friends um, and some pretty important people in her life were, were really close to me too. So it was always really fascinating. The fact that we never really did meet, um, 
in college or in undergrad. Is it Lauren from Waco? Where is she no, from? No, so she grew up in Houston, Houston, where she's from originally. Yeah, the north north side of Houston. And so so we graduate. We both go to grad school. So I stayed at Baylor, and she ended up going to uh, Pepperdine. She She's in social work, my okay. wife. And so um, it was our first semester in grad school, and Baylor – you know, we always had a terrible football team forever. My undergrad, we were awful. Awful. We, we rushed the field when we beat Kansas in overtime in my freshman year. Like, that's how bad we were. So, uh, <laughs> but our senior year, we had made it to a bowl game for the first time ever, or like in forever. So that was a big deal. So we got destroyed. Like, I we played, not this is off track, but we played Illinois and uh, they just rolled us. The next year, we go to another bowl game, and that was Robert Griffin's first year. And, uh, and we play Washington in, in the Alamo Bowl, so in San Antonio. Wow. So we're in grad school, so of course we're all going because it's like, oh, my gosh, we could win a bowl game for the first time in like 85 years. So Lauren was also going to that game, and our one of our mutual friends, she grew up in San Antonio, so her parents have, have a house there. So she offered for everybody to stay there. So all the guy group was like, yeah, let's stay at the place. Well, then she had Lauren and some of her girlfriends all stay there too. So we all stayed at this house. And that's the first time we really met in like a formal capacity. Uh, and I was like, I was wearing this bathrobe, Javier, and I spray painted it green. I thought I was like the coolest guy ever. I was like, yeah, man, all these girls are going to be really into me. And from Lauren's side, she was like, who is this fool wearing a green bathrobe, you know? So I made a terrible first impression. I thought I made a good one, but I it was a bad one. So, but that's how we met, uh, and then really, we just kept up over the years. Um, and then things didn't really pick up until she actually had a job offer to move to Waco, and nice. called me because I was the only one that lived here of our group of friends, and uh, was just asking, you know, what I thought of the city and. Is it great for single people? Is there like a vibrant single life? I was like, yeah. This is a perfect, perfect place to be. Perfect for single people. <laughs> Full of lying. But, uh, but anyway, so long story short, she ended up, we, we started dating and then she she declined that first job offer. How, how long did y'all take to, when you start dating? Man, I mean, from since when you we met, met and yeah, after dating. Probably about seven years. It was about seven years, Why six and a half years. Long? You know, she 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 had a boy, a couple boyfriends during that time, like long distance, and and I was in Waco, and she was always in Houston, and we just never, like, really crossed paths. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I was so focused on, you know, the businesses when I moved here uh, back in 2015. So like, that was like my girlfriend was 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 escape rooms and all the other stuff we did. So it really wasn't until I think it was a good point in both our lives when things nice. kind of. Um, I don't want to say settled down, but I really had developed some good systems with the with the businesses, so I wasn't necessarily like opening and closing all of them all the time. And then Lauren getting a job offer here, so we could be in the same city. I think. Well, really I mean, if you look at it on the ba- on bad way, since you make a bad impression with the with the mm-hmm. dress with the green color, yeah. I mean, she called you back to ask you for about uh, the, how was it over here in Waco. So that was kind of good. That's probably. true. I know. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> I. I because I and there was a few other, you know, that could be a two-hour podcast, Javier, just how I met Lauren and all the stories there. But I, I had asked her out a couple times, like, not like hardcore, hardcore, but like, hey, I'm coming to Houston, you know, do you want to grab dinner or something? And no, I'm, I'm gone, or you know, she always, and they were legitimate excuses, but I don't <laughs> think she wouldn't have. There was one time I asked her out, she said no, which was great because at that point, Javier, I had a beard. 
uh, this like it went down to like the middle of my chest, <laughs> and it it I look like a homeless person. Like and no no shade to homeless people, but I it was huge, and I had really long hair, and it I just didn't care. Like I was just like living life yeah. in this way. And to a point where my buddy was graduating, he's getting his PhD at Galveston, UTMB, and I'm walking through the school or where the auditorium is to go see the graduation. And this guy stopped me and he's like, sir, can we help you? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to this graduation. And he's like, no, let's come outside. And I was like, what? Like, so I go outside with him. I'm like, what's, what's up? Like, what's wrong? He's like, you just can't be in here. What? And then I was like, Oh, he thinks legitimately I'm a homeless You're person. Homeless. And I was wow. like, hey, I, I, you know, I'm going to this graduation, you know, and I started talking a little bit more and he was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. But I was like, man, I wasn't even mad because I did look homeless. So I'm glad Lauren didn't, didn't take me up on a date because I probably would never have gotten a phone call later. Wow. If I was looking like that. So, That's crazy. Yeah, man, it's wild. Well, I'm, I'm glad that, that y'all ended up somehow. Yeah. Together. Me too. Me that's too. amazing. You yeah. have a kid together. Little boy. Yeah. Oh. Ellis. 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 He's, he's four months old and doing well, you know, healthy and keeping keeping his mom and dad busy and grand, sh- grandparents sure. love him. So, yeah, it's been great. It's a big, a big turnaround on your life, I'm sure. A big one. Yeah, big one. I mean, and, you know, Lauren has had this career for, you know, 10 years and, and her job and, you know, taking a step back. Um you know, has been an adjustment to it being as soon as you stay at home with Ellis right now. And she's going to go back um, on kind of part-time basis, do a little bit of work, but that's been a big adjustment for her. Wow. And she's been a great mom. And, and, you know, I'm just trying to fill in where I need to. And, that's amazing. you know, Ellis, Ellis loves his mommy and uh, he loves his daddy too, but uh, he really loves his mommy. But yeah. yeah, man, it's been an adjustment and I think we're getting, we're finding a rhythm with, with it. Um, you know, growing up, I, you know, I was an only child um, growing up, and, and my, my dad always worked, you know, just like your typical nine-to-five job. My mom was always the entrepreneur of the family, was always selling something or doing something. So that's what you get all Yeah, the, that's kind of where I get that from. Oh, yes, from your mom. From that's, my mom. That's good. But I remember, like, growing up, always going with her, like, tagging along. Like, if she was doing a vendor market, I was at the vendor market. If she was, you know, she ran a couple uh, shops. Like, I was always at the shop, you know. And I love that. I, I never looked at that like, wow, I'm 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 bored or whatever. Like I got I looked at that like time I got to spend with my mom, which was great. And she never like ignored me. Like she always gave me little jobs to do. Right. And so I see that with Ellis is like, you know, some people are like, oh man, like you're gonna have time to spend with them. And I'm like, well, Lauren and I are like, we're we're gonna mold him into our life and and so that he is adjusted to going out to places and seeing people or right. eating at a restaurant or, you know, we took him on a plane for Christmas to Colorado and he did really, really well. And, you know, so I think that's kind of our approach is just, you know, have him be in our life and, and, and obviously be intentional with it. But so for the people that still don't know Cordy, I know, even in that, even if I know that you pretty well know him in the city. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's how kind of like, you got all this from your mom, you know, start yeah. doing this business. Because yeah. Corey owns a different place, I mean, different business here in town. He's yeah, a yeah. Uh, big guy, entrepreneur yeah. no, guy. I, just, I, I work for Mike, so really just, <laughs> I, he just tells me what to do and I do it. So, so you're the owner of the, of, he's the owner of Rock Media. And I want to yeah. actually thank you and Mike as well, because um, yeah. uh, back in 2021, mm-hmm. um, I had the idea to start the show, the 3030 show. And then I mentioned it to 
Mike and Corey, and they were like, yeah, we, we're ready to do something in Spanish. And, um, yeah, they opened the door for me. So I want to thank yeah. you and uh, Mike as well for that. It. We appreciate it, man. We uh, love having you. That's great. And um, anyway, so he's the, he's you're the founder of the Waco Axe. Mm-hmm. Escape rooms, yeah, pretty much. Yep, yep, yeah. yeah. We that that one. Uh, so like with Waco Axe, it, it, Thomas Ellis um, is like the majority owner, and with him, and then uh, our other two founders are a guy named Cody, and then Jared. Um, you know, helped found that and start that back in 2019, uh, which has been great. And and then Escape Space Games, it's our escape room that we have back in Portland. So it in a suburb of where I grew up. Uh, that's where that's located. So that's that's the only business. Uh, that I'm that I own or I'm involved in that that it currently is not kind of in in the state of Texas or in Waco, um, but it's been you know over five years that escape room has been been nice. up and running and it's it's cool to have something kind of back home uh, you know with friends and family that I grew up around and and people you know they always oh man your mom would have loved this you know stuff like that so it's always it's always cool to to have a little connection back back in Portland sometimes a little hard nice. you know running and managing something that far away but we have a really good team there and and um you know it's been it's it's an escape room so we do the same you know a lot of the same not necessarily the same rooms but the same processes and procedures and how we do staffing and how we do bookings are the same as like waco that we do there so that makes it i think a lot easier when you have something you kind of duplicate in other other places yeah what got you in this kind of business Yeah, great question. Uh, I don't think I ever would have jumped into this space uh, if I could just pick. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, it kind of there was like two things that happened at the same time. My like my best friend Jared had a he was living in Tennessee. He was working at a, a university there, um, and he had started an escape room on their campus. Or not like an actual, but like a, a two weekend like a like a, a pop up. Right. So he did that, built four rooms, and it went really well. And so what he ended up doing with a guy up there was they opened up um, the the Jackson Escape Rooms, the name of okay. it, and in the city of Jackson, Tennessee, and they started their escape room. And so that was like 2014, I think it was 2014. And Jared was kind of keeping me up on it, you know, saying, hey, this is how it's going. I just remember thinking, that's so crazy. Like, you're locking people in a room. Like, they're paying you, you yeah. know. But I was like, go for it, man. Like, we always were coming up with business ideas all the time in college. And so to actually see some, some, one of our close friends, like follow through with something and start a business was like really cool. And so, but during that same exact time, my mom was going through, uh, she, she had, she was diagnosed with liver cancer. Oh, wow. And so we were living in Salt Lake city at the time. That was where she was going through treatment. And so I, you know, I was excited for Jared, but at the same time was kind of t- helping taking care of my mom and was working in Salt Lake and then in March of 2015, my mom passed away with, from liver cancer, and so kind of was like a like a life. It was like a life altering deal, obviously. But it, it just my dad and I just were like, "What do we do?" You know, yeah. and you so start all over. Yeah, and so we ended up moving back to Portland. Um, you know, he went back to work. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to work in sports. But I just kind of was, you know, probably a little depressed too and, and didn't, you know, I just was going through life, going through the motions. Yeah, and definitely. That's not a easy pill to swallow. No, man. And so Jared called and said, hey, you know, and he, he loves me and always wants me to be in a good space. And he was like, you need change. Why don't you move to Waco and let's start an escape room? You know, because at that point they had been doing it for about five, six months, something mm-hmm. like that, and had built up a good 
you know, rapport, like they could look at financials and say, hey, I think if we duplicate this model in Waco, you know, let's do it. There, there weren't many escape rooms. There was like one in Austin, there was two in Houston, one in Dallas. Like it just, Texas didn't have a lot of them at that point. So it's kind of like, sure, let's do it. Like I, I needed a change and I was, I, I had a really good church body and I was really close to our pastor here in Waco. So I felt like I had some support awesome. from an emotional and spiritual standpoint. So yeah, moved back. We started it, the Waco Escape Rooms in 2015, uh, November of 2015. Totally was waiting for it to fail. Like, you know, I yeah. I, I tell this all the time. Kind of like, scary, you know, just to go in and Yeah, or and like people, out. are they going to like this? Like this, you know, people, you know, in Texas, man, they're, they're, they're carrying. Like, you know, this people aren't going to be locked in a room. Right. Um, but yeah, man, it, it turned out, you know, Waco just needed more activities and fun things to do for people and for families and friends and couples nights out and stuff like that. Yeah, so. I think everything kind of blends in, uh, you know, because uh, as we mentioned earlier, that uh, Waco has been growing like super fast and yeah. we weren't expecting this many people to move all from Mm-mm. all over the place. And uh, I guess like you mentioned, uh, Waco has been growing and yeah. people has been trying to find more activities to do, you know, because yeah. Waco was not that big probably no, 10 man. years ago. No, not at all. And I, I remember my dad came down in September of 2015 and we were looking for a building. And, you know, my my mom and dad watched Fixer Upper. Like, they loved the show and they loved, you know, the Chip and Joe kind of banter. And, and, and they're big into remodels and, and houses and stuff like right. that. So my dad and I went to the, the market. And at that point, the silos weren't open yet. But they had that little shop on Bosky. So I'm like wanted to see like what the hype was all about. And bro, man, that, I remember their people were lined up on the street. Once you finally got into that little shop, you're shoulder to shoulder with 200 people in like a wow. 600 square foot space. And it's just like, at that point, I'm like, dang, like this may really be a thing, you know. But we didn't really tap into any of the tourist side of things really until we moved downtown. Um, that was like a year and a half later, you know. It, it was a lot of locals and giving people that live here or something else to go do so yeah i think we've been getting a lot of a good feedback from people from all over the place because and now waco's on the maps and you know i mean on the map and yeah people wanted to come live over here i mean it's a crazy. bunch of california people I and know. let's buy up some of waco <laughs> you know, that's crazy man yeah that's 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 pretty good so Maybe we can have a Lauren pretty soon here. Maybe she can there share. Well, how was the the first impression? About yes, it? there you go. <laughs> she could do it in Spanish. Lauren speaks Spanish, so you could you could do that version. Is with she her. very fluent in yeah. Spanish? Yeah, she's pretty fluent. Uh, I I say she's fluent. Lauren tries to retract it a little bit. She's like, I'm kind of fluent, you know. But uh, I mean, she never fools me. You know, we we had some. Uh, we were redoing a part of our house during COVID. And uh, we had some guys working out there and, uh, you know, they were talking to the contractor or the subcontractor, like in Spanish, they're speaking Spanish and I'm, and I'm kind of picking up every like little bit. I'm like, what are they saying? And Lauren comes out, you know, and she's this, you know, white blonde haired girl and she just walks up to him and just starts and her accent is so good, you know, so it doesn't nice. sound like just some weirdo saying, speaking Spanish, like she has the accent now. And you could just see the, the look on their face. They're like, oh, oh, oh you speak Spanish. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they start fixing the tile and stuff. And it was like, okay, you know. So, yeah, she she could come. I, again, it, it, I don't know at what level Spanish she would be at, but um, but she loved the language, loves the language, and had a teacher in Houston um, that she would go to all the time. And then the school, she she worked at an, um, a, like an element, or a preschool, basically, in downtown Houston, rough part of Houston, 
and a, a lot of the families there are African American or Hispanic, and so to talk to the families, she wanted to learn Spanish, and so that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, she picks well, things up pretty quick. See, that's that's the fun, that's the fun part here in Texas, you know, because yeah. I mean, you can look white or black, whatever color you want to say, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people who speak Spanish, and yeah. you would be surprised, like yeah. when you say something and people start picking up, like, yes, I speak Spanish. Oh. How yeah. can I help you? Dude, I like value. I mean, if you speak Spanish or another language or if you're bilingual or like you speak three languages, I, I don't care if you have a PhD in whatever, like give me that person. Because right. if you can bridge gaps and being able to speak to, to different people and different segments of work or industry or whatever you're doing, dude, that is such a skill set. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know how, like I, Javier, like the fact that you speak two languages, maybe you speak more than two. I don't know. A little know. bit Italian, but not as much. I don't know how you do it. Like, the the way your brain has to work is, like, beyond me. Like, that is so cool. So, anyway. Yeah, I that's like, um, I, and especially you, you wife, you say that she's in social work. I mean, mm -hmm. she, I'm, I'm sure she get a lot of uh, yeah. Hispanic people oh, yeah. Yep, uh, yeah. as customers. And, you know, she, she has to be kind of yeah. ready for that as yes, well. Yes, she does. Yeah, she does. So, she's she's great at, at that. And she's always improving. We, we were doing some, we, we did foster care about a year ago. And we had two kiddos uh, that were from uh, El Salvador, and nice. uh, they only spoke Spanish. <laughs> so, you know, there was a six-year-old and a 12-year-old, and they lived with us for three months. And so I was picking up little things here or there, but the fact that Lauren could really talk to them, you know, was was huge. So That's awesome. But, yeah. Well, I'm glad that, um, that y'all do that for the community yeah, and for people. No, was, That's amazing. It was great. Not many people yeah can contribute with kids and all that no we we love little kiddos and and just you know anybody that sometimes life throws things at, at especially children that they can't control you know it's not their fault and to have people you know to, just to be there you know they're they're back with their mom now which is great that that's what that's what we wanted to have happen um you know and it's a good situation you know sometimes it's not a good situation but um but for those kiddos you know we we played a, a big role in their life for that time period and and um, you know they they go back to mom and and that's what needed to happen. So that's that's good. amazing, man. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's a good yeah, role no, model man, for sure, dude. And um, so tell me a good a, a good question. I always ask my uh, yeah. invites. Yes. What's the core? What core he wants to do uh, that you have done? Like what is next for you when you oh, live? What's next? Yes, because I know you do. I don't know how you can handle so many business, so many ideas <laughs> that, that that you have. Yeah. But what is Corey Dixman hasn't. Sure. Done or what you got in mind. Yeah, man. Next. Um what is next? I don't know. What is next? Um, you know, we a lot of attention or you know, a lot of my focus, uh, you know, we have a space next door. It's uh, triple win Waco, it's an, our nonprofit, and we do um, you know, out of school time courses, what it's called OST time with high school students. So teaching them you know, trade skills, but also teaching them entrepreneurship, you know, teaching nice. them how to open a food business and things like that. So a lot of emphasis is still going into getting our space ready. And, and that's kind of where, you know, if you ever want to just track me down or find me, it's usually in the afternoon, you come over to, you know, to Webster and, uh, and you'll find me at the front desk, you know, being there. And so that's, that's a big focus of what we're trying to continue to develop. Um, as far as the businesses, you know, Rogue, Rogue Media Network, what, why it always, why this concept was intriguing to me was that it had this national focus, a, a national push. Um, I love Waco. Everything, most things I've started have Waco in front of it. Waco escape rooms, Waco right. Axe Company, Waco Pedal Tours. I love Waco, 
but I wanted something that was both for community and from from a national and, and global. I and mean, we have people listening to our shows that live in you know random countries from around the world. So that's what excited me. I think that's where a lot of time and energy is being put into to see if we can scale something that is bigger than just this Waco. I think always having headquarters here is important. That's that's what I tell every entrepreneur that has a dream to start something, you know, and scale it. Do it. Just have headquarters here. Like okay. have locations in LA and New York and London and Austin and Chicago. But dude, keep the hub here, man. Right. Keep it in Waco. You right. know, so that's kind of my always my big So that what what do you recommend for people that's listening to us right now? And what will be the one of the things that you will advise them, you know, as a entrepreneur, you know, that you, sure. will, that you will tell them, hey, this is what you need to start. What do you recommend? Yeah, to yeah. People? Uh, just I, I, I know I don't want to get sued by Nike, but uh, just do it <laughs> like <laughs> like it's that's the most brilliant slogan I think I've ever heard. Just do it. I mean, like Waco still and the things have changed a little bit. And this is, you know, you play play anything back from, you know, six years ago. I had said the same thing back then is Waco is a good market to fail things. I, I think you, you want to fail. Uh, you need to. I, I think people that right. have all these successes in a row, it's a little dangerous sometimes because um, you end up getting yourself maybe in a sticky situation. But Waco, you can fail and, and not and not be like uh, ruin your life. And so prove your concept. And so a lot of people, I, I've met with people that are just, hey, you know, I got to get this done, this paperwork and this thing. And once I get that done in a year, then I'll start my thing and I'll start cooking this food or I'll start doing this service. And I'm like, why don't you try it now? Like, yeah. you have an idea for uh, uh, whatever this food genre you want to do. You want to be you want to start a coffee uh, shop. Why don't you make me some coffee? Bring it back here next week. Let me try it. Like, that's that's my advice for a lot of people is just get out there and start to start to fail. And I think if you do that enough, you start to figure out what works well. And then Waco is great if it's a, I'm just using food as an example, but like you have a farmer's market, you have the East Side market, you have a night market on Webster, you're having another market coming up in March, like yeah. open a little food, a little food stand or then try a food truck or get a brick. Like, I think this Waco is still to me the, the testing ground. Yeah. If you want tourists, there's tourists. If you want locals, there's locals. Yeah, if, you, if you need students, there's three great college universities that are in Waco. Like, do it, man. That, that would be my my biggest thing is just get out there, stop procrastinating with it. Right. Yeah, I think we got a great di- I mean, diversity on food here. I mean, we got people mm-hmm. from all over the place. So yeah. Plenty of restaurants, plenty of stuff. And uh, like you mentioned, that that's very important. Uh, that I mean, there's nothing that you can stop you. You pretty much you can have the opportunity since this is not a huge city. Mm-hmm. It's still opportunity out there yeah. for you to start something and people mm-hmm. kind of like locals to start like yeah liking it and yep people is visiting every from everywhere for sure for sure yeah. well um i want to thank you for being here today yeah, um thank i you. would love to have your wife and you here Maybe yes we need to hear, hear yeah the, the side of the story of that <laughs> meeting day uh, she could tell a good side of it too that could be interesting it's part two with lauren <laughs> about what she <laughs> how she was interpreting things on her end. That would be very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. She can probably help us uh, help people, you know, since she's on the social yeah. uh, work yeah. side. And maybe she can 
Yeah, you know, she, people. she she did, and she just um and, and yeah, maybe we'll have her on. And she can talk more about this, but she just um uh, joined an advisory board um for an organization here that's starting up that um, is involved in foster care and things. So um yeah, maybe she come on and chat a little bit more about that. That'd be really cool. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Um, thank you again, Corey. Thank you uh, for your time. Uh, quiero darle las gracias a todos los que nos están viendo y escuchando. Y si tienen alguna pregunta con nosotros o uh, alguna pregunta para Corey, también nos pueden este, contactar por medio de eh, vías uh, electrónica o nos manden un mensaje. Y estoy dispuesto a contestar todas sus preguntas. Muchas gracias una vez más a todos y gracias, Corey. De nada. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.